Right, um, this morning I wanted to read from Luke 2. We're going to read Luke 2, 8 to 20, and then Isaiah 9, 6 to 7. And then we will pray and hear the word of the Lord. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. That's a a phrase that you need to highlight in your Bible. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherd returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Now let's read Isaiah 9. 6 and 7. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word says that as the snow, the rain comes down from the heaven and does not return to it without watering, causing it to bud and flourish, yielding seed for the sower and bread to the eater. So is your word. Your word doesn't come from you and returns back to you void, but it accomplishes every purpose. For which it was said. This morning we receive 
your purpose through your word. We receive your blessing through your word. We receive your power. We receive revelation. We receive healing. We receive deliverance, transformation that comes through your word to us this morning. Holy Spirit, open our minds and our hearts to hear beyond the natural, to see beyond the natural what you are saying, what you are doing. We thank you, Lord, for this amazing privilege to come before your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, Luke 2, uh, verse 14. The angels, uh, I'll start from 13. It says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Some translation will say, particularly New King James or King James, peace on earth. And in the next uh, few weeks, I want to talk to you about those three words, peace on earth. But I've also given a subheading for this, living by the peace of Christ Jesus. We're going to look at peace on earth, but focusing on living by the peace of Jesus Christ. And we'll be looking through God's word Focusing on Luke 2, Isaiah 9, and some other few scriptures. Now, as I uh, got drawn by the Spirit to focus on this, I started to think about the purpose of this, the purpose of this message of peace the Holy Spirit is drawing our attention to. Now, peace is a very crucial aspect of our lives as individuals. Um, If there is a time where the peace of God, and when you talk about peace, we think about the peace of God and peace with God, right? So if there is a time that peace is needed here on this earth is now. And as we're listening to this, I will read some statistics, they're quite depressing statistics, Uh, but there is the need of peace in our lives, in our society, in our nation, like never before. And the purpose of this message is to, first of all, enable us to fulfill the command of Scripture. And in Colossians 3.15, Paul said, let the peace of Christ Rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. So the purpose of this message is to enable us to fulfill this text of scripture. To let the peace of Christ rule. And that word rule uh, means to direct, to control, to determine. The peace of Jesus Christ controlling us as individuals. And then he says that for we have been called to peace. You know, when we get born again, we're brought into the kingdom of God. In this kingdom is a peaceful kingdom. Christians must be people of peace. 
We must be people who are very, very hard to move and shake. We should be people who are stable, stable on the inside, in our minds. We should be. But that is not the case. As individuals, we're thrown about by anything. I mean, most of us will panic or will move into anxiety. And Paul is saying that we should let this peace rule our hearts. Our whole life must be directed and controlled by the peace of God. Peace is a necessary characteristic of our new creation identity. So one of the things that I'm always doing is whenever we're coming to this and we're looking at this aspect of peace, we're highlighting a characteristics of our new creation identity. So when Paul will say that we should be unshakable and immovable, we might look at that and think that is not possible. You know, could I be a person who don't get moved by anything? If we look back in our life experience, it's not the case. But then the scripture is showing us that Our new creation identity is immovable. Why? Because our new creation identity is the nature of God, the spirit of God abiding in us. And God doesn't get shaken by things. No. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about this and one day I just thought that, you know, God sees everything in real time. God sees things before they happen. Now, if any of us was given that privilege in the state in which we're in, it would just mess us up big time. (laughs) God can see evil before it happens. Jesus saw Judas. He knew Judas was going to betray him. Now, how how would we react as individuals to, to be able to see something coming and God doesn't get shaken. As I thought about that, I thought, wow, God, you don't get shaken. I mean, you, you saw things like six million Jews being killed, world war, all kinds of chaos. You saw that. And you just, it didn't shake you. <laughs> he didn't just go into a panic mode. No. And that is the characteristic we're highlighting here. We want to highlight the importance of putting into practice the peace of God. Why is it so? In 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 14, Peter is saying, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things. And these things, he's talking about the destruction of everything. and, 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 And the last days, he says, Be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot or blameless. When Jesus comes finally, he's coming to a church that is in peace, a church that is stable, a church that is secure on the inside in our minds. And so living a life of peace is crucial, but also it is necessary for these last days, you know, uh, Paul says that in the last days, there will be difficult times. As Christians, we have to learn how to live in in and by the peace of God. 
you know, our brothers and sisters who are in countries who are, are under systematic persecution. They have to learn how to walk in and by the peace of Christ. And we have to as well. And so that's what we'll be working on. Peace is the only way to live out the Christian life. Do you know, peace is part of our witness as believers. In your work environment, people have to see the peace of Christ inside of you. And the Bible says, do not be anxious about, every, about anything, but with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. And the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart. So, in our work environment, how do we react when things are going wrong? When we begin to lose the natural things in this world, maybe you lose your job or something happens, something that is detrimental. How do we react as children of God? Are we behaving the same way as the world is doing? If the people of the world are concerned about the future of this nation so much that they move into panic mode, is that what the church should be doing? Should we be doing the same thing? So living in and by the peace of God is part of our Christian witness. I was saying this to Barbara a few days ago, thinking through this. I remember uh, when we went to Iraq, and again, you know, I will, I will highlight that this, we're talking about the peace of Christ. It's not something you work out. It's not you. It's Christ in you. And we'll look at that, hopefully, uh, the practical aspect of this. But I remember there was a time we were working on um, one of our vehicles and uh, the siren started going. And whenever the siren starts going on the camp, in camp, uh, it means that the camp is under a, a mortar or um, missile attack. And of course, our camp was quite small. So wherever the missile or the mortar lands, you will hear it. You know, And most of the time, they actually um, cause the the ground to shake. And um, so normally the drill is such that when anything happens, you need to find hard cover. And it was just two of us. This guy, um, he was a corporal then. He'd probably been in the army for about over 10 years. And we went into the vehicle and the vehicle had high explosives in there. So and with high explosives, I mean, anything that had to do with explosives, you, you, you're extremely careful about it. You know, especially uh, you've got ones that will have, uh, you know, a little thing at the back that a little bit of a, a, a tap on it, you know, could go off. So with high explosives, uh, normally even people don't keep, they try their best not to keep it in the vehicle. Uh, there are some people who will take, who, who get the box in, and then they'll keep the box. After each patrol, they would remove the high explosive, put it back in the box. And the box have got polystyrene in there to, pre to reduce vibration. So, of course, you know, going into that vehicle and then seeing high explosives. Um, and I remember what happened was as we were in the vehicle, the next, well, I don't know which, whether it was the next. But the, one of the missiles landed five meters away from us. And, and that was a big explosion. 
And I remember this guy, he was absolutely uh, petrified, you know, and he'd been in the army longer than I did. But as a matter of fact, he, he just leapt and grabbed me. <laughs> uh, he just leapt and grabbed me and uh, it, was, it was interesting. <laughs> but I remember, you know, um, having, you know, several experiences of that sort and, you know, looking back and noticing how much of God's peace that held me together. And again, I'm saying God's peace because it's not something that you can just work out. No. And I look back and I, I you know, I can honestly say I didn't have any dread or fear to die. You know, as a matter of fact, as an infantry soldier, you have to work out in your mind. You have to work out in your mind. When you go to war, you will always be caught out in situations you would have to put your life out to protect other people. You, you would have to. I mean, yeah, I worked it out in my mind that, okay, what if I got into a situation where I had to cross a fire line, right, to go and maybe drag one of my colleagues? Well, how am I going to do that? I had to work out in my head. I could have died. I mean, I, I can be shot. So I I had already worked out in my mind, and I'd even said to uh, people within our platoon that, oh, I don't mind, you know, I don't mind dying. And they were like, no, 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 that's jinx, that's jinx. Don't say that, you know. Um, But the thing is, you work out in your mind. But I remember going back and seeing the peace of the Lord. Just that supernatural peace that took away any concern. From my heart. And so as children of God. We, we're, we're different from the people of the world. And we're meant to be ex- exhibiting. And walking in and through this peace. As part of our witness to the world. Praise the Lord. So the word peace. In the Hebrew is the word shalom. And it means completeness. It means soundness, it means welfare, and welfare um, talks about prosperity and good health. This is a controversial issue in the body of Christ. Uh, You know, (laughs) people talk about health, wealth, (laughs) and prosperity preachers. Praise the Lord. So this morning we're preaching. I've become a prosperity preacher. (laughs) But the word peace, shalom, means welfare. It's talking about well-being, prosperity, well-being in your mind, in your soul, and in your body, in your life. It means peace. It means contentment, tranquility, peace with God. It also talks about happiness, happy. Friendly, safe, to be at rest, to be well, and have peace of mind. In the Greek, it's it's similar. It's the word wholeness, harmony, concord, peace of mind. And you know, the Bible says God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, 
but of love, power, and of a sound mind. And the spirit of fear is where all these things, anxiety, you know, um, panic, all these things, they come from a spirit of fear. And God hasn't given us that kind of spirit. As children of God, we have that spirit of uh, soundness of mind inside of us. It's right there in us right now. And um, in, in the Oxford Dictionary, it talks about freedom from disturbance, noise, freedom from anxiety, serenity, contentedness, calmness. To be at peace, is, it has to do with confident trust in God's wise and powerful control of our lives. You know, when you have this peace and you're walking in it, it produces in your heart and in your mind that God is in control of situations. And before we go to Luke, let me read to you something quickly from um, this book called uh, The New Encyclopedia of Christian Martyrs. It's a powerful book. Do you know, if you read this book, it will, it will reduce how much you complain as a person. Yeah, it will. Because this is documented right from the early church to the 20th, uh, 21st century. Uh, Christians, all kinds of Christians um, who have given their lives, have been killed for the sake of their faith. And like I say, if you read these things, it would help you to have the right perspective and priorities in life. You know, I believe the Western church must have this information. And we will see it in a minute. But um, I will encourage you, if you can get one, take it and read it. It will be a great encouragement for you. I want to read a little thing about Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, I'm not sure whether you've heard of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I guess most people have heard of him. Uh, he was a, a pastor during Hitler's time. And uh, <laughs> as I read, of, I read about him, I thought, man, this guy became like a thorn in the flesh. <laughs> for uh, Hitler. Just an ordinary man who became a pastor who felt that what was going on wasn't right and he had to use the opportunity he had, God given, the opportunity God gave him to stand against that ungodly regime. And eventually he got arrested, he got put in prison, persecuted. And... Um, I want to read something that was written about him. It says this, a British officer in prison at, how do you pronounce that? Oh, again? Oh, Buchenwald. Okay, thank you. <laughs> That's my German lesson for today. <laughs> Bonhoeffer was different, just quiet, calm, and normal, seemingly perfectly at his ease. His soul really shone in the dark desperation of our prison. 
He was all he was all humility and sweetness. He was one of the very few men I have ever met to whom his God was real and close to him. And then at the end of this, uh, this was another uh, little bit that was written by a doctor. Through the half open door, the prison doctor described what happened. So this was a time that he was getting prepared to, to be, I think he was hanged. Through the half open door in one room of the hut, I saw Pastor Bonhoeffer, before taking off his prison garb, kneeling on the floor, praying fervently to his God. I was most deeply moved by the way this lovable man prayed, so devout and so certain that God heard his prayer. At the place of execution, he, he again said a short prayer, then climbed the steps to the gallows, brave and composed. His death ensued after a few seconds. In almost 50 years that I worked as a doctor, I have hardly ever seen a man die so entirely submissive to the will of God. Now, this is the power of the peace of God inside a person who was faced with that kind of situation. And he walked to the gallows with that peace, ruling and controlling his heart. And that's the peace that we have been called to. Now, in Luke 2, verse 8, so it says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. And so he brought the message of the birth of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ was born, his birth triggered something here on earth. It activated something on earth that had never happened on this earth before. This is so important for us to realize this. And what was it? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. So think about it. So peace on earth. His birth activated that peace on earth that had never existed in the history of humanity. And this was so crucial that the Bible gives us opportunity to see what was going on in heaven. And it says that, and suddenly there was, in, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. So think about it for a moment. His birth activated this peace that had never existed in the history of humanity. The whole of heaven was praising the Lord. And, and we are given the opportunity. Now, this is so important. Because we can see what was going on in heaven. When this child was born. But then, he says, peace on earth. And you know, if you read uh, Matthew's account, when 
it's, it's quite amazing that he brings, the angel brings good news of great joy for all people. Now, Matthew 2, when the wise men came, they were looking for he who is born king of the Jews. They went to Herod, and when Herod heard that, Matthew said, Herod was troubled. Think about that for a moment. This was good news. This was something that ignited praise and worship. But yet, Herod was in trouble. Was troubled by that good news. It says, peace on earth and goodwill to men. And you know, you can look at the history, 2,000 years of that history. And you can see God doing great things here on this earth. But at the same time, we can see chaos like never before. Do you know there are more slaves on this earth at the moment than any time in the history of humanity? And so this, as I saw this, the spirit says, look, peace on earth. The child had been born, peace had been activated. A kind of peace that we see in, um, in Isaiah where we read, it is, it is an unending peace. So think about it. There is peace on earth right now. <laughs> peace on earth. And in Isaiah 9, we read that he will be called Prince of Peace, right? Prince of Peace. The word prince is the word chief or ruler. And um, in Genesis 47 verse 6, that same word has been used for the phrase in charge of. So he will be called Prince of Peace. That means he's the one who is in charge of peace. Now, uh, I think it was a, a, a week ago, Roland posted a, a video of uh, this, um, I don't know what it is, it's like a conference of different religious groups uh, signing, I think, a pact. And they're, they're going to pursue world peace <laughs> without Jesus. <laughs> but think about it. The peace they think they're going to be pursuing existed 2,000 years ago. And most people can't see that peace. Think about it for a moment. Because they're here signing that we're going to pursue world peace. But the Bible is saying there is peace on this earth. Now, Jesus Christ is the peace and the source of all peace. He is the prince of peace. He is the source of all peace. And you know, there was nothing like this ever spoken of in the Bible until Jesus was born. That message that they brought, that good news message, peace on earth, had never been spoken before. Immediately Jesus was born that message was proclaimed. Nobody, not Moses, not David, none of them. Only Jesus, immediately he was born. The gospel message was proclaimed. Peace on earth. Why? Because Jesus is 
the prince of peace. He is the very embodiment of peace himself. He is the only way to establish peace between God and human beings. So Jesus Christ is peace. And he's the peace that is necessary for a harmonious relationship between us and God. But also, he is the only one who can cause physical peace. Right? Within the body of Christ, in our local church here, if there's going to be unity and harmony, it's not going to happen by our own human effort. No. It only happens in Christ Jesus. It only happens through and by the power of Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ himself is our peace. He is the only way to establish peace between God and human beings. Outside of Jesus Christ, it is impossible. I mean impossible to reconcile people back to God. So, so what has happened is all these movements, all these religious movements, they have sidetracked Jesus. <laughs> and they're pursuing a different kind of peace. When nobody is called the Prince of Peace except Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only one who can bring true peace in this world. As a matter of fact, he has brought true peace in this world. And this is, you know, just thinking about this for a moment. God is saying there's peace on earth. But that peace is in a person. It's not in a place. It's not in a thing. It's in a person. And his name is Jesus. He alone is what can truly unite people together. Jesus is the only one who is peace. Jesus is the way to be at peace with yourself. And again, we'll look at that uh, hopefully next week as we look into the practical aspect of living by the peace of Christ. Jesus is the only way to be at peace with yourself. This is so important. Now, let me read uh, a statistics. We're talking about living by the peace of Christ and how we as children of God must embody that peace, allow the Lord to teach us the way of peace so that we can shine that light in, in the world. And, you know, uh, the world we live in now is so in need of this peace. And we'll see this. So this um, information I got from a, a, a charity called nopanic.org.uk. <laughs> um, now, so mental health, uh, it says mental health are one of the main causes of the overall disease burden worldwide. Mental health and behavioral problems, example, depression, anxiety, are reported to be the primary drivers of disability worldwide, causing over 40 million years of disability. Major depression is thought to be the second leading cause 
of disability worldwide and a major contributor to the burden of suicide and ischemic heart disease. It is estimated that one in six people in the past week experience a common mental health problem. Most common uh, uh, problems, mixed anxiety and depression is the most common mental disorder in Great Britain. With 7.8% with 7 of people meeting criteria for diagnosis. 4 to 10% of people in England will experience depression in their lifetime. Common mental health problems such as depression, anxiety are distributed across uh, according to a gradient of economic disadvantages across society. And then in 2013, there were 8.2 million cases of anxiety in the UK. In England, women are almost twice as likely to be diagnosed with anxiety disorder as men. And then under suicide, it says in 2016, 5,660 uh, 5,668 suicides were recorded in Great Britain. Of these, 75% were male, 25% were female. Between 2003 and 2013, 18,220 people with mental health problems took their own life in the UK. Now, I don't know how you feel reading this, <laughs> but for me, I look at this and I think, Jesus Christ is the answer. There is no answer. Do you know, um, again, this is my opinion. I, I, I had a friend um, who worked for um, the largest pharmaceutical company in the world. She was a very intelligent lady. From She was an Iranian uh, lady. And um, she, you know, uh, sort of developed a, a lot of things, worked within that place. And she was telling me about these things these sort of drugs, particularly, I mean, she spoke to me about um, antidepressants. And she said to me, listen, I, you know, work within this field. I will not encourage anybody to use that. Now, again, it's, it's, it's not, I'm not being dogmatic. I'm sharing with you what she said. And uh, I said to her, why? And then she said, you know, it's, I mean, it's crazy. Um, and thank God that, you know, we have a level of stability within our medical field. Thank God for that. Praise God for that. But that is not the solution. Jesus alone and him alone is the solution. He is the prince of peace. He is in charge of peace. And until people receive and learn how to enjoy that peace, this statistics will increase. It will increase. Jesus said in John 14, 27, my peace, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives you. And then he says, do not let your heart be troubled or do not be afraid. The peace Jesus gives is a stability inside of us. It's real. We see, we've seen how that worked in the life of an individual 
who gave himself over to the will of the Father. And he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all who, who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. There are millions of people in our nation, maybe even in the church. I, I was speaking to Dennis the other day. We we're talking about uh, one of his clients who um, was speaking to him and noticed he was a Christian. And she is a clinical nurse. And she, um, she spoke about her concern for how much the number of people who are coming to her increasingly are Christian. And I remember hearing that. you know, none of us is immune from the influences of the world, the flesh, and Satan. The only immunity is in Christ Jesus. So, yes, we can come under the influence of these things. But Jesus gives us a peace that can eradicate any kind of anxiety, any kind of depression. The power of that peace eradicates any kind of fear. You know, David said in Psalms 27, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid of? He says, The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid of? He says, When evildoers assail me to eat, my, to eat up my flesh... When my adversaries and my foes come to me, it is they who will stumble and fall. Though an army comes against me, my heart will not fear. Though war rises against me, yet I will have confidence. He's talking about being in a place where you are hemmed in by your enemies, by all kinds of negative things. But yet in that place, you can express the peace of God because of the peace of Christ inside of you. And God has called us to that peace as a church. Jesus Christ is the only peace. There is no peace in any other thing. And you know, this weekend we're talking about this again. And I said to, you know, you will, you will naturally gravitate towards what you think will give you more peace. You will. Every one of us here. The time we spend, whatever we spend our time with, or maybe our spare time with, indicates what we think will give us peace and stability. And every one of us must check in our minds. What is it that is in our minds? Do we think that having a a nice fat pension or having a nice house, having a good job, you know, having children who are stable. We have inbuilt in our mind the things that we think will give us peace. And the Bible is showing us there's only one person who is peace. It is Jesus Christ. So over the next few weeks, we'll be looking into this. Praise the Lord. Is that good? (laughs) Let's be in our feet and pray. Thank you, Lord. Afternoon, I want to pray.
Second Thessalonians, verse 2, 16, over our lives. I want you, if you've got your Bible, let's go to Second Thessalonians. And I want you to make this your prayer for the whole week, for the whole season, Christmas season. Uh, make this a prayer over your family, over your children, over this church. Make this a prayer. Second Thessalonians 3. Second Thessalonians 3 says that now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times. In every way. The Lord be with you all. It's a simple prayer. But it says now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace. Why? Every one of us need peace in this place. And so make this your prayer during this Christmas season. Speaking peace over your life, over your home, over your children, over the church, over this nation, over this coming election. Let's lift up our voice, begin to appreciate God for the peace that he is in our lives.